Who am I? That's the question we're asking ourselves tonight. Who am I? Who are you? Every time you fill out a job application, every time you fill out a form on the internet, every time you update your resume, parts of that question exist. Who are you? Who are you? And that simple question has to be answered. So, who are you? What are your favorites? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Married? Single? Kids? You like sports? Music? Fitness? Movies? Hobbies? You read much? You read it all? What are you going to be when you grow up? But I'm 43. I know, Mark. What are you going to be when you grow up? Who are you? Based on your answers, based on your your life's resume, it's natural to, to follow up with the questions, do I measure up? Will they like me? Am I good enough? Am I qualified enough? Are my strengths strong enough? Are my weaknesses diminished enough? Who am I? Who am I really? So that's what we're asking ourselves tonight. Who are we? Lots of things go into that answer. Lots of things contribute. Our interests. Our history. Our heritage. Our genealogy. Our quirks, our talents, our achievements, our flaws, our weaknesses, our failures, our backgrounds, our likes, our dislikes, our race, our social standing, our gender. All of these things contribute, right? Here's the the part that can sometimes be confusing. If we answered all those questions that I just posed, that I just threw out there, then I ask you again a year from now, or two years from now, or three weeks from now, those answers could change. Not all of them. If you answer female as gender, it's still going to be female, right? I mean, it's, you know. But there's things about us that are constantly changing. There's likes and preferences and things that don't stay the same. What's your favorite meal? If a cattle farmer asked me what my favorite meal is, you know what my answer is? Steak. A big, thick filet prepared medium rare. Doesn't that sound good? Dinner's coming up. Beef. It's what's for now. I don't know, I don't know if that's what's for dinner, but you know. Sam Elliott and all. But if a, if a sushi chef asked me what's your favorite meal, I'd say sushi. Sashimi, nigiri, just give me some tuna, baby, and give me a nice big dollop of wasabi. If my mom asked me, Mark, what's your favorite meal? I'd probably answer lasagna. Her lasagna. Kara asked me, I'd probably say chicken enchiladas. My answers sometimes will be based on to my benefits. If my mom asked me, what's your favorite? I think she's asking me because she's going to make me dinner. She's going to invite us over for dinner. But here's the, here's the bottom line, guys. 
whether I answered lasagna, sushi, lobster, steak. Are you, you're not even writing this down. You're not even writing this down. Whatever I answer, Mexican, carne asada, they're all true. They're all true. They're all my favorites. You ask me, Mark, what's your favorite movie? My response will be oh, uh, comedy, western, sci-fi, drama, action, suspense. What, what's the genre? And based on the genre, I'd give you, I'd give you an honest answer. And all of these answers are true. You asked me my favorite part of the country. Grew up in Southern Cal. Love Southern Cal. Chicago. When I go to Chicago, you all see what I post. Pictures of food. Everything I eat. I love it. But then again, I've never been to Chicago in, in the brutal part of winter or the brutal part of summer. I've never fully enjoyed New York. I went to Lake Tahoe recently. It was gorgeous. Loved it. So that's got to move its way onto the list. When push comes to shove, you know my favorite part of the country? This is the honest truth. Home. I'm a homebody. Home. Home is my favorite part of the country. Erie, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Home. But there's lots of things I love. There's lots of things that contribute to who I am, to what are my favorites. But guys, a contribution is not a definition. A contribution to who I am is not a definition to who I am. Many things contribute and and piece together components of who I am. But when it comes to the definition of who I am, none of those things define me. Define, define, not contribute. You guys, I'm thankful for the things. I'm thankful for my testimony. But my testimony is not the events of my life. What is my testimony? Jesus Christ. Jesus is my testimony. I'm thankful for the components of it and the ways that God has used it to turn all things for my good and for His glory. But my testimony is Jesus. My definition, Jesus. If I let anything else define me, I'm incomplete and I'm lacking. If I let the fact that I'm a uh, white Republican, 43-year-old, red-headed, blue-eyed. I used to have red hair. I mean, I don't know what it is now, but, you know, man, if I let that be what defines me, I am so lacking. I'm so lacking. Really, that's where I'm going to find my definition under any of those things? Being a husband, being a good husband, is is noble and honorable, but if I let that define me, I'm still lacking. Being a pastor, I love the calling that the Lord has allowed me to share in. I love that He has trusted me with this part of ministry, ministering to His people. I love it. But if I let that define me, I am lacking. Being a father, being a a son, being a friend, being a brother, being a soldier, being a housewife, being a, a chef, being a worker, being a whatever it is we are. Those things should not be what define us. Who are you? I googled it just for the heck of it. I'm like, let's just see what what comes up with. Who am I? Question mark. Sinned. You guys, this world is looking for who they are. 
They're looking for definition. This this world is so uncertain of that. It's a theme in music. It's a theme in movies. It's a theme in, in drama. Who am I? What else affects our answer to this question? Feelings. Feelings affect the answer to this question. Who are you? Me, I'm, I'm a loved, blessed person. Change of feeling, change of emotion. I'm a no good bum. I'm good for nothing. Me? I'm just a grumpy old loner. Me? According to this mug, my grandchildren got me. I'm the world's best grandpa. Just got to catch you in the right mood, right? Who are you? I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Who are you? I'm nobody special. I'm just me. Can our emotions and our feelings dictate our answer to the question of who am I? You better believe they can. You better believe they can. But emotions lie. Feelings are fickle. I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm uncertain. And it's only 10.15 in the morning. What else does this day have for me? Emotions are fickle. We don't base truth on emotions. But I feel this way. But my, my child is sad. Well, tickle them and now they'll be happy. Because emotions lie. Emotions aren't truth. Well, I don't want to make my child sad. Well, you will. If, you, if you're any kind of a good parent, you will. You will discipline your child. And, and that will make them sad. But you know what? The fact that they are loved will bring them joy and happiness and security and comfort. So you're going to sell your child out for an emotion instead of for truth? Emotions are fickle. They change. They change. I look at me and I had a conversation with her. I'm like, I can make you sad or I can make you happy depending on my tone, my delivery, and what I say. And I can probably do both of them within a few minute time span. But that's called manipulation. And the enemy is the great manipulator. Because if we can base our, our reality on emotions, we will walk in deception. When angry, we see the world in terms of opposition. When happy, we see the world in terms of hope. When needy, we see the world in terms of not providing. The same holds for pride, for jealousy, for love, for devotion, for affection, for compassion, for whatever. Whatever it is we're feeling, the world will have a different perspective and you will have a different answer based on that emotion. But guys, once again... These should not define us. They're contributors to life. I am going to be just a repeating record on this. The whole series has been about identity. We've got to know who we are and we can't. We've got to know the truth so when the enemy brings the lies against us, we quickly squash them going, these are contributors, but they are not the truth. Jesus is the truth, and this is what he says. Proverbs 16.32 says this. 
He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. He who rules his spirit, who rules his emotions, who rules his his will than one who captures a city. Guys, we were created for dominion with God. We we see it in Genesis. We were created to rule and reign with God and then to be in relationship with Him. We were created for dominion. We see the call to Adam. It was dominion. Take dominion over all this. Over all of this. Over all of this. Over all of this. Take dominion over all of this. Our emotions don't rule us. We rule them because of the work of Jesus Christ. And this passage echoes that. I don't like that. No, that's, that's all right. There's lots of things we don't like. Psalm 103. It's a powerful psalm. It's a powerful psalm. Just take out your highlighter. And when you're reading Psalm 103, just highlight it, dog ear it, stick a sticky tab on it. I mean, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I've said it a hundred times. That word bless, what what type of word component? I don't know the right phrase. What What is that? It's a verb. It's a command. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Why would David have to command his soul to bless the Lord? Because his soul was speaking something contrary to blessing the Lord. Because his soul was speaking something contradictory to the truth. So he's setting this straight. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all this within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion? Who satisfies your years with good things? So that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You guys, here's the bottom line. When it comes to our emotions, there's times that it is hard to fight against what we're feeling. Anger, sorrow, apathy, whatever it is. The greatest way out of it is to bless the Lord. You guys, I'm speaking, I I had, there was a a day this week when I'm like, I don't even feel the strength in the words. All the English prayers are just kind of, you know, they're just falling short. Lord, I just, I don't know what I do. And I just started worshiping. I just started singing. Lord, there is none like you. There is none like you, O oh Lord. You are holy. You are mighty. You are great. And I just started singing. I just started praising the Lord. After that, I start just praying in tongues. I just start singing in tongues. I'm like, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And then, oh, then I was able to pray. And not just that, then I started sending out texts. Men, be praying for the women. I'm like all militant. I'm like, ah! (laughs) But it started with, Lord, you are great. You are worthy. You're bigger than my feelings. You're bigger than my emotions. You're bigger than what I feel. Amen? How does Psalm 103 end? We read the beginning of it. 
Here's how it ends in verse 22. Bless the Lord, all you works of His, in all places of His dominion. Bless the the Lord, O my soul. We are called to walk in dominion. We can't walk in dominion if we don't know truth. Jesus Christ is truth. Pretty basic stuff, right guys? What about our roles? What about our roles? Can they affect how we answer that question of who am I? There's something that I call the great lie. Young people, listen to me. The great lie that's sold at schools. In middle school and high school, we're forced to answer this question of who are us, and we're forced to answer it with a very narrow, ungodly, immature response. Because see, in middle school and high school, in the schools, we're told you've got to fit into this box, and how dare you step out of it. This box is who you are, and you're not allowed outside of it. You're a jock, so you can't be smart because you're, you're brainless. You're, you're a scholar, you're intelligent, so you can't be cool, you're a geek. You like loud, guitar-driven music, so you're a stoner and you, you, have, no, you have no drive and determination. You live on the wrong side of the railroad tracks, so you can't be popular. You'll never be accepted, right? Go on and on and on and on. And that's who you are, and you better stick to it. Your kind stays here, your kind stays there. And it's the great lie. Because you know what? When you get older, none of that matters. None of that matters. I look at my friends in this room. I, good Lord, every, every clique represented is, is in this room. And none of it matters. It's the great lie. It's the great lie, young people, that comes against your identity, that tries to get you to buy into something and to shy away from something. To shy. What, what in the world would the enemy want you to shy away from? If I stand for Christ, I'll be pigeonholed as you insert the name, as a Jesus freak, as a whatever, as intolerant, right? As intolerant. If you stand for Jesus, you're intolerant. So the enemy comes against you, young people. Keep it to yourself. When we know that keep it to yourself is totally contradictory to the Great Commission. It says do anything but keep it to yourself. Guys, don't buy into that that lie. Young people, don't buy into it. But friends, adults, reject the lie. Golly gee. Reject the lie. Maybe you bought into it. I graduated in 1988. There are things I bought into that had to be broken off my life because I don't agree with them anymore. Reject the lie. Reject the things that said, this is who you are and this is what defines you. They might have contributed to your life in good ways and bad ways, but definition only comes from what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords says. From the Creator of creation. You want to talk about definition? I'm defined by the river of Jesus' blood that washed away my sin and then with that blood what was written upon the tablet of my heart who God says I am. That and that alone defines me. 
You guys, the same eyes of God that look upon us and see our sin look upon us and don't see our sin. That's what Jesus' work did. That's what Jesus' blood did. They look upon us because we're His and He loves us. And so technically all the junk we do and all the garbage, God sees it. But His eyes see us with such love. That's just one of the mysteries of God. Because of the work of Jesus, it's it's said that we don't have to go out and redefine ourselves. See, society will say that, hey, just redefine yourself. Rebrand yourself. You've had a a tough stretch. Rebrand yourself. New haircut, new clothes, new car. Boom, all new you. No. I only want to be rebranded by the work of Jesus Christ. The completed work. Those lies that talk about staying in your box. It says, you stay right there. Stay within your confines. It says, you couldn't possibly be more than this. And you don't deserve more than this. That's your lot. That's what you deserve. That is garbage. You, you can't be a warrior and a singer and a poet. Silly David. You can't be all those things. Oh, and you want to be king. Within the confines of God, there are no limitations. Young men, be a warrior. Be a singer. Be a poet. And reign with the king. Guys, lies. It's time to reject the lies. In big ways and little ways. It is time to reject the lies and align ourselves with the truth. One of the lies of the enemy is that you're a hypocrite, that you're a fraud, that you're a fake. And a lot of that lie comes because we are different at different times. Just as I, the, the answer to my question about what my favorite meal is. Oh, you're a fraud. No, I love steak. Steak is godly. No, I love sushi. I love... Okay? If I'm... I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty confident guy. I know who I am. I know who Jesus is in me. I'm confident. My confidence is not based on my strengths or weaknesses. My confidence is based on Christ. So I'm a pretty confident guy. But you put me in a setting, in a group, where I know that group, where I've already been accepted into that group, then I can just let my hair down. I can be myself. I'm confident, uh, witty to the point of being annoying. You know, because I think I'm funnier than I am, but that's okay. Because I'm in a group that's accepted me. I'm in a group that's welcomed me. So why not? Right? You put me in a new group, a group where I haven't yet felt acceptance, haven't felt yet love. Maybe I'm not sure of the, the rules that this group plays by. As confident as I am, and as much as I know who I am, I'm going to act different. I'm going to act reserved. Maybe even, you know, I'm going to keep it tight to the vest, close to the vest. Why? Because we all have insecurities. Even despite knowing who I am, we all have insecurities, right? Does that make me a fraud? You guys, if we know the truth, then we can recognize the lies. 
You're a fraud. That's not true. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know the freedoms I have. I have the freedoms to kind of, I have the freedoms to wade in, to test the waters, to, to wade in, or I've got the freedom to get a start and jump and cannibal. I've got freedoms through Christ Jesus. We tend to act one way when we're giving orders, another way when we're receiving orders, and yet another way when we're mediating between those who give and those who receive. But the truth is this, guys. We act a million different ways throughout our life. But it's not our actions that have defined our identity. It's not our emotions that define our identity. It's not our roles, pastor, mother, brother, student. So it's not our roles that define us either. Our identity doesn't come through society and who they say we are. And it doesn't come through what we achieve. We aren't defined by our failures and our weaknesses, and we can't allow our definition to come from our strengths and our victories. Hear me. I want to say it again. We aren't defined by our failures or our weaknesses, and we can't allow our strengths to come from our victories or our strengths either. Either. You know why? Because our strengths and our victories are fickle as well. Right? Our successes are fickle as well. One day we're here, next day we're there. Look at the life of Joseph. One day we're in the palace, the next day we're in the dungeon. The next day we're back to ruling and reigning and being used to bring deliverance to a nation. For those of you football fans out here, when I say the greatest quarterback to play who never won a Super Bowl, who comes to mind? Dan Marino. Terry Bradshaw won lots of Super Bowls. Who said Terry Bradshaw? We're going to go with Brad's answer since he was clearly listening. Dan Marino. Dan Marino's a Hall of Famer. Dan Marino had single-season passing record. Dan, Dan Marino, touchdown records. Dan Marino... But yet, his strengths are minimized and defined as the greatest quarterback who never won a Super Bowl. Oh, you, oh, you don't have one of these. Oh, oh. <laughs> Society has dubbed him less than based on what he hasn't accomplished. Friends, society will dub you less than every single time based on what you haven't accomplished because you're never going to measure up to their their system. Young people, don't try and measure up to their standard because it's not a godly standard. Be you, but be you in Christ. We don't let... If you guys can start playing, please. We don't let... Victories define who we are. And successes define who we are. 
but I need to be 100% clear on something. Victory defines who we are. We can't let our strengths define who we are. But let me be totally clear. Strength defines who we are. It's just not our victory. It's just not our strength. See, we are defined by victory because Jesus Christ is our victorious, courageous champion who conquered death, who conquered sin, and we are defined by victory, just not ours. His strength. Oh my gosh, guys. When we are weak, He is strong. We are defined by strength. It just can't be our strength. Are we defined by love? Yes, right? Are we defined by emotions? No. Role? Yes, but once again on God's terms, not man's terms. So what is our role according to God? Here you go. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Here's your role. Here's who you are. Chosen. Paid for. Ransomed. Fully loved. Fully accepted. Fully cherished. Son. That's who you are. Our role not defined by us or our standing. (coughs) Not defined by what side of the tracks we came from. Not defined by our strengths or our weaknesses. But by God himself. You guys don't buy into the immature, inaccurate, worldly standards. But buy into the truth. So who are you? Number one, you are new. Galatians 2.20 says this. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Our old self gone. Our new self in Jesus. Who are you? Number two, you are sons. You are free. And you are heirs to the promises of God. Galatians 3, 26-29 says this. For you are... For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. In Jesus, we are sons of God. Male and female sons, we are sons of God. And we are heirs to the promise. You guys, there's an amazing story in Luke chapter 13. I'm, I'm, look it up on, on your time. It's verses 10 through 17, but I'll just paraphrase it. There was a woman crippled by, by spiritual oppression, by demonic influence. But it was a Sabbath. So Jesus, what does he do? He casts the spirit out. He frees her. He looses her from the the spiritual oppression, and she is healed. So immediately society comes against Jesus. Immediately they condemn him for healing, for working 
on the Sabbath. He says, and I'll really paraphrase this time, clowns, any one of you would have, would have helped your mule, your, your ox, your whatever. If they were in trouble and yet I can't heal somebody on the Sabbath? Then he does something amazing. This is amazing. He uses a phrase that's never been used before. There was no phrase, daughter of Abraham. There was no phrase. It was only son of Abraham. Because these sons get the inheritance. There was no phrase, daughter of Abraham. He says, daughter of Abraham. He speaks into this woman's life of destiny, of inheritance, of being an heir. That's what it is to be a son. We are male and female sons of the promise. We get the inheritance. That is who we are. That is part of our identity. So in that passage, we see that you are healed, you are set straight, and you are free. And number three, you are chosen. You are God's people. First Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Once you have had no identity, now you do. Guys, our identity has to come in Christ. And I know a lot of times we're not comfortable with that because because we're human. We don't want our strengths to ever be minimized. We want people to recognize our strengths. We want people to praise us for our strengths. And that's okay. But there's a difference between recognition and definition. Our definition only comes through the completed work of Jesus Christ. Guys, agreement is such a big thing. We've got to agree with him. When there's agreement with God, the miraculous happens. So here's what I'm asking you right now. Agree with God. Reject the lies. Reject, golly gee, I get so fired up. I just want to punch something. Reject the lies. Reject the lies. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're a student or if you're not, you know. Reject the lies. Grab a hold of the truth. If you know Him and you know who you are in Him, the lies, they have no power against you. They have no power against me. And we're free.